coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 66 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Money in the Bank breakdown. We gotta hop into that later on in the show. We have some topics to get into as well. AEW TNT, Bray Wyatt, Triple H being frustrated. It's a packed show today, so we're not going to waste any time. You can find me, find all my links to this podcast at linktr.ee slash 2 pot. That is linktr.ee slash 2 pot. Feel free to leave me a review on iTunes, follow on YouTube, Periscopers, follow on Twitter and Periscope as well. Twitter at 2 sweet pie and at OMG Corey B. So we're gonna hop right on into this thing. We're gonna start with best thing, funniest thing. And funniest thing, it's kind of funny and the saddest thing of the week. The Kabuki Warriors, like Asuka and Kyrie Sane is out in the ring. They're out there with Paige, and Paige reveals the new tag team named the Kabuki Warriors. Like, what are people thinking backstage? Like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, what is that? Like, I do not like the name whatsoever. It's another list right down of bad tag team names. Like, I remember back when... Back in the day, man, it wasn't perfect, but we had good tag team names. The Steiner Brothers, Harlem Heat, even Demolition. Like, now we got the Viking Experience and the Kabuki Warriors. My goodness. I don't like it, but I wish the best for the girls. Best thing of the week is the reaction I have seen from AEW uh, being on TNT. The reaction from the fans, the reaction from my fellow compadres, podcast uh, compadres on Twitter, just everywhere from wrestlers to seeing this deal, seeing wrestling come back on TNT. I'm about to hop into that story more later on in this podcast, but it was phenomenal. It was the best thing of the week. So, we're going to hop into number one spot, looking at the number one things in and out of the wrestling ring. Today, it is the number one connection, the number one spot, and the number one match of the week. So, we're going to hop right on into it, the number one connection of the week. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, the man versus the Beast Slayer, they are connected now. So we got people going, okay, is it the man's man? Who's the man of the relationship? And it's pretty funny, but it's pretty awesome as well to see them connected. And everybody loves it. Everybody just on Twitter loving every bit of it. So moving on, the number one spot of the week, I'm going to give it to Dana Brooke. She faced off with Naomi, Natalia, and Nikki Cross in a fa- in a four-way, not a fatal four-way, but it was a four-way, and it was a pretty decent match on Monday Night Raw. She had a spot off the ladder when she dove onto the rest of the competitors, and I liked it. It was a pretty decent match. Number one match of the week goes to Impact Wrestling. It was OVE versus Tommy Dreamer Rich Swan. Willie Mack and followed by it was a phenomenal main event with a lot of spots. OBE picked up the victory and I enjoyed the heck out of that match. Loved every bit of it. So that is number one spot for this week. We're gonna hop into these stories quickly because we have a money in the bank breakdown, excuse me, to get into all elite wrestling. It is here, ladies and gentlemen. It was rumored for months. 
but now it is here. They have made the announcement that they will be on TNT. Actually, TNT themselves made the announcement, and I gotta say that I am so pumped up for this. Like TNT, I'm on I'm on Twitter yesterday, and I see TNT drama with the old to Ted Turner. We're back in the wrestling business. And I got to say that I was just so excited to see this. It is going to be a phenomenal deal. And just looking at the press release, boy, they, they went all for it. When uh, we're talking about All Elite Wrestling TNT, a less scripted. We're going to offer a less scripted soapy drama and more athleticism. Thank you. And real sports analytics, bringing a legitimacy to wrestling. Like, man. That's what you gotta be. You gotta be an alternative. Cody Rhodes said he wanted to be an alternative. That's the word they're going with. And I just said last week, and I'm gonna bring up last week's podcast a lot in this, in this podcast. I just said last week that Rock could be good if they were focused on the sporting aspect of wrestling. And here, All Elite says they will be focused on the sporting aspect of wrestling. I cannot be any more happy about that. So what it means for pro wrestling is that it is a huge deal. I cannot overstate enough what this means for professional wrestling. Another wrestling company is on a major television network for the first time since 2001. And it's back on TNT. For ironic sake, like, who would have thought that years ago that wrestling would be back on TNT? And it is a huge deal, not only for my selfish reasons that I always want to see another wrestling company get back on major television. Like, Impact was on Spike, but Spike wasn't as major of a company as TNT is. So... I've always wanted to see this because I love the old days when WCW was on TNT, when we had two companies on major television network, when we had ECW kicking around. I love that. And I've always said from the start that this generation doesn't know the best of wrestling. And I've said that because they wouldn't know unless another wrestling company actually got on major television and did great for themselves. Then they would know how crazy and how great wrestling was back. And just they would just get a sliver of how great it was back in the 90s. So I'm happy for this younger generation to get a chance to see that, to have a legitimate alternative on a major wrestling network. And it is just a phenomenal thing for wrestlers themselves. It gives them... Uh, another chance just another company to make money to you don't have to take wwe stuff if you don't want to you can go to all elite wrestling you can go to many companies new japan impact wrestling ring of honor there are a lot of companies out there that are doing well for themselves but all elite wrestling has all of the news today and it is just a phenomenal thing and i cannot wait to see it get going and looking at this press release even further says other innovations include introducing statistics to wrestling for the first time ever tracking each competitor's wins and losses as the wrestlers pursue championships analyzing their moves assessing damage to their opponents and providing insights into their winning streaks man i gotta say 
I don't know how they're going to keep up with that when you talk about a sport that is 52 weeks a year, but I find it very exciting. Like, that is something that would have never entered my mind as far as the sport of professional wrestling goes. I am very excited about that and I'm very excited to see if they can keep that up. Now, that was a huge conversation going back and forth about the TV rights. You had John McMullen come out and say that. It is an unprecedented deal for a startup company. Uh, he said it was confirmed from a source on the television side that there are no right fees. But he went on to talk about how great of a deal it was for All Elite Wrestling. Then Brian Alvarez came back and denied that. And then McMullen came back and denied the denial. So we came back and it was on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that they must have talked about this more. Uh, he talked about the ad revenue and how it would be a split with the downside for AEW and TNT. Uh, pretty much, he said that it would all rely on the ratings and what type of ratings they could get for the company and for the television network. So he also went on to say that AEW believes that this will be profitable, profitable for them by 2020. So it is very interesting. TNT is available in just under 90 million homes that's just about the same as usa so they're on a phenomenal television network i don't think they have to pull in phenomenal ratings on a consistent basis that's just my opinion they just have to pull in consistently decent to good ratings every week just to show that you know what this is a this is the real deal so i'll be interested to see how that turns out going forward and lastly pretty good for a t-shirt company is it a pretty good for a pissant company, is it? I don't know what a pissant is, but look, we had all haters like I've been telling y'all for months now. Y'all better stop making definitive statements on this because we don't know how big it'll be. We don't know how small it'll be. Now, they have a legitimate television company on their hands. So, moving on, we move on to Bray Wyatt. An interesting turn, a phenomenal turn in the Firefly Funhouse uh, series. And I got to say that I hadn't been very interested in it, but it took a good turn this week. Bray Wyatt turns to the dark side and everyone is excited about it. And even I, when I saw it, I was excited about it. I was like, okay, I can dig this. Like I said, I didn't like it, but I've always had trust in Bray Wyatt to turn chicken, you know what, into chicken salad. So he did it and everyone is excited, but I'm just sitting there like, man, I didn't got excited about Bray Wyatt like a thousand times and every time it's like well that didn't work out so i am cautiously excited about this like uh we'll see how it turns out i'm not about to get very excited about it i'm just gonna wait back and see it is a phenomenal time very interested to see where it goes but i'm not getting excited until something big happens for bray wyatt's far as storyline turns let's see if they actually go there with Bray Wyatt because the problem with Bray Wyatt is that they always get him on the edge and even when they gave him the championship they flushed the storyline down the line they'll get him on the edge doing something then they'll pull him right back down or he'll do something great now pull him right back down we'll see if they pull him right back down again or they let him go with it going forward so moving on man the quite the insane story came out man about Triple H uh, being the most frustrated person in the locker room and 
I gotta say that I found this very shocking, man. A listener called into Wade Keller's pro wrestling post show claiming to have ties to WWE writers, and man, he just let it rip. Close friend of three current WWE writers, the transcript crumbs from WrestlingNews.co, and I'm just gonna get into some of the context here because the context is just downright unbelievable here said wwe's problems are not the fault of the writers no one should rip on wwe creative they have brilliant and unbelievable cool ideas but he said that they are not writing for an audience of many they're writing for an audience of one and man that is just crazy because I ripped on WWE Creative just last week on the podcast, and I know that you hear all the stories that, okay, WWE Creative writes all of these things, and at the last minute, you know who goes in and rewrites everything, and that is just crazy on itself. They get all of their ideas torn up. Moving on, he said that the most frustrated person in the back every single night is Triple H. Always take these NXT guys under his wing, and it looks like he's consoling them. And he just looks like the most frustrated person in the building. For months now, for years now, I always say, man, Triple H has to do something, man. And when it comes to down to these NXT call-ups are going south. And I see that, you know what? There's nothing that Triple H can actually do because Vince McMahon is running the show. The much that he can do is console them. And it is a very sad thing because... Man, you see so much promise in this NXT girls and and guys. You know, it's not everybody that doesn't work out, but it's just the majority that just doesn't work out. And even if you look recently at the guys who aren't working out in in NXT, who goes up to Raw and SmackDown, and it is very depressing. It has to be very depressing for Triple H as well. Moving on to more context, the wild card rule was not in the script on the morning of the show that's not a surprise at all because the very podcast i talked about it or the very youtube video that i talked about it i said that the wild card thing felt like something that got made at the last minute not a surprise at all moving on to more kinds of text the superstar shakeup changed week to week and didn't pan out how it was originally laid out months ago everything changed because vince decided to change it man that is just Typical of Vince McMahon, like they had stuff laid out months ago. Now this is just coming from the caller. Whether you want to believe it or not, look, it sure lines up with the things that you hear about Vince. Even I think it was Sean Rossap that came back and said many of those stories line up with what I've heard. And like you see these things with Vince, all you can do is shake your head, man. And it also goes on to say he talked about the turnover with so many people backstage quitting or being fired. Uh, he said that the caller the caller emphasized that the problems in WWE are not creative spot and Vince McMahon is the one person who deserves all the blame. He takes suggestions, but those suggestions never make it on TV. And basically, these writers are pretty much writing for Vince McMahon, as I said earlier. Like, it is worse than I originally thought. Because originally I'm thinking, okay, they writing, they're writing to the best of their abilities. But you see that the guy goes on to say that they are writing for Vince McMahon, and like, I'm out. If I'm a writer, if I'm back there in creative, 
You either thinking I'm gonna write the best of things or I'm gonna write for Vince McMahon in order to keep food on my plate. And I understand it. It goes on to say that the money is good, but money, but many writers find it very frustrating. I can understand how that can be very, very frustrating. And like the context, like I said, is unbelievable. It says that Vince is in the announcer's ear to a sentence and he gets on them for tiny mistakes. I just talked about how you can rely, relate everything to Vince McMahon, including the announcing. That's why I don't like the announcing. And it is a very disappointing thing to see. And man, I, what more can you say, man? I understand the frustration of Triple H. I cannot wait till that guy takes over because I, I know, I deep down in my heart, I don't know that guy, but I know that he loves the sporting aspect of wrestling. You can just see by how he runs NXT. And things like this just depress me about wrestling. I feel bad for the writers that get the blame. I just blamed them last week. And to this day, I will never blame WWE creative again because I know how it's run. Vince McMahon gets the final say. So we're going to move on into Money in the Bank predictions. And I got to say that the build to Money in the Bank, it's been decent at best. There are a lot of things about it that I don't find very interesting, but here we are. Uh, moving on, like, can we get a different theme for Money in the Bank? I don't mean to be a stickler, but the the theme for Money in the Bank, money, 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 money. Like, can we get a different theme? It's annoying. But that's beside the point. We're gonna hop into the matches. First up, we're gonna we're gonna do it different this time around. We're gonna start at the top. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Like I said, the build to Money in the Bank, not very great. This build has been very disappointing like i've said from the start it's like they got in the room and said you know what we got to turn one of you guys heel or have one of you guys has to play the heel role and i don't think they had to do it like that like i really thought that it could have been seth rollins versus aj styles good guy versus good guy we're gonna clash because i want the title that you have they could have went like that but they went the route that they did and it has been a disappointing build does it feel like a dream match is coming up? Feels like a big match is coming up. It is Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. It is going to be a phenomenal match. No pun intended. Your winner, Seth, look, Seth Rollins just won the title. I cannot imagine that they go with AJ Styles here. So I will be going with Seth Rollins to pick up the victory here. We'll see how it all turns out because no... Normally, after Money in the Bank, we have these rematches coming up at these Saudi Arabia events. So we'll see if we get a clean finish here. I'm going to go with Seth Rollins to pick up the victory. Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens. I'm not disappointed by this build. I just felt like there could have been more because Kofi Kingston got caught up in a wild card rule. And they wanted to do so much with Kofi Kingston that we kind of neglected the Kofi Kingston and Kevin Owens feud just a little bit. They did just enough to keep me interested in it. And I enjoyed what went down on the recent episode of SmackDown. Kevin Owens laid it to Kofi Kingston. I loved every bit of it. The heel has to look good. Led beaten down the face. I headed into the pay-per-view. I love that. Especially when it's Kevin Owens. But... The match itself, I expect it to be a phenomenal match. 
Kofi Kingston and Kevin Owens, they have great chemistry. We haven't seen that many matches uh, with these guys involved with each other, but I expect it to be a great match. The only problem here is neither guy can really afford to lose. Kevin Owens just turned heel, and it's like, okay, he came back and he lost his first match to Daniel Bryan. Uh, and now he's back as a heel, and it's like, hey, he's going to lose again? Kofi Kingston can't afford to lose because he just won the title just a month ago. But my winner here is Kofi Kingston. Moving on, we got the champ champ, Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. Becky Lynch has two matches, and this feud with Lacey Evans, I haven't really been able to get into either feud. Becky Lynch versus Leslie Evans or Becky Lynch versus Charlie Flair because they're trying to run two feuds at one time and like it divides my attention to be able to get into either feud. The back and forth with Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans, the brawls that they've had have been decent enough. I've enjoyed those. I've enjoyed that aspect of the build. But overall, the build itself has been eh, decent at best. Because they're trying to do Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans, and Charlotte Flair, and that just does not work out. It's not good for business. Not best for business. But as for the match itself, I expect it to be a good match. I'm not going to complain about that. We're going to get good wrestling. Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. As for who wins, I'm going to This is a tough one, actually. But I'm going to go with. Becky Lynch to pick up the victory over Lacey Evans. I just do not believe that they have Lacey Evans pick up the victory. Although it wouldn't surprise me with Vince. I don't think they would have Lacey Evans pick up the victory in our first title shot. So, moving on. Becky Lynch gets the win here. She moves on to Charlotte Flair. And, man, I'm sick to death of Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Every time I turn around, Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair. It's like, let's do something else, man. And every time I turn around, da -da 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 -da, every time I hear that music, it's like I drop my head like, oh, again? And we have Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair here. Look, I'm not going to complain that much because it's going to be an excellent match. They have phenomenal chemistry. Let's just get that out the way. It's going to be a great match, but I'm tired of seeing it. At the end of the day, I am sad to say that I really think Charlotte Flair is picking up the victory here. She is going to be like a either an eight-time champion or a nine-time champion. I'm telling y'all, she's on the road to breaking Ric Flair's record 16 times. That's what Charlotte Flair is going to be doing. I'm telling you, that's what they're doing this for. Charlotte Flair is going to pick up her either her 8th title reign or her ninth title reign. That is crazy. Like I always say, Charlotte Flair is really good, but she is not that much better than the rest of the roster. I, roster, I don't even think she is better than Becky Lynch or Asuka. That's just my opinion, but obviously WWE sees it another way. Charlotte Flair picks up the victory here and is on the road to breaking Ric Flair's record. So moving on, we have the women's Money in the Bank match. Like I said, as far as builds go, I have not been interested in this at all for the most part. But what I expect, like I said, a phenomenal match. I'm not going to complain about getting a phenomenal match on a pay-per-view. I expect it to be really good. So looking at the competitors, I always break the Money in the Bank uh, matches down like this. Who has the best shot of winning and who doesn't have a shot 
Oh, no chance. That's what I got. That's what we got to look at here. So look at the people who do not have a chance to win. Alexa Bliss. She held up the Money in the Bank briefcase. I am one of the people that watch the go-home shows and be like, oh, man, Alexa Bliss held up the briefcase. She ain't winning. So Alexa Bliss is out. Naomi is out. I don't think she's winning as much as I love to see that happen. Natalia is out. Dana Brooke is out. Carmella, I could see it happening, but I don't think she's going to win. She's out. So it leaves us Bailey, Mandy Rose, and Ember Moon. <sighs> From that perspective, I think Ember Moon is out as well. And I think it's a dead heat tie between Bailey and Mandy Rose. Because knowing Vince McMahon, I can see Mandy Rose winning this. Even though I don't have a problem with Mandy Rose because she's improved significantly. At the end of the day, I'm going to pick with my heart and a little bit with my head. And I'm going to say that Bailey picks up the victory, wins the Money in the Bank briefcase. Even though I really feel the Money in the Bank briefcase is really a heels thing. We'll see how it all plays out going forward. Moving on to the men's Money in the Bank. Another match, we have Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Finn Balor, Ali, Andretti, Sami Zayn, and Randy Orton. Who doesn't have a chance to win here? Ah, Ricochet doesn't have a chance as much as that hurts my heart. He is just another guy with the way that they've booked him. I've really enjoyed the build here. There's some things that I've enjoyed. I enjoyed the match between Finn Balor, Ali, Andretti, and Randy Orton. That was a phenomenal match. I've enjoyed some things about this build, but Ricochet doesn't have a chance to win here. Balor is Intercontinental Champion. He will not win here. Andretti will not win because he has a feud going on with Finn Balor, which I expect to continue past money in the bank. Sami Zayn will not win here because I just do not believe they trust him like that. Randy Orton is not winning because what would be the point if Randy Orton wins? Like, I don't want to see that at all. So that leaves us Ali, Baron Corbin, and Drew McIntyre. All guys have a good chance to win. Ali, you know, he had his shot taken away from him. So that's a story there for him to win. Baron Corbin has a shot to win because it's WWE. I could totally see that happening. But the person that I do believe is winning is Drew McIntyre. He needs some type of huge win in this current WWE run, and this would be it. He is a heel, and I think that he would use that greatly. I think that Drew McIntyre would definitely pick up the victory here. It will be a phenomenal match. So, moving on, we have Roman Reigns versus Elias. Another build that I have no interest in because they have Roman Reigns in this feud with Elias and Shane, and they have Shane feuding with Roman Reigns and The Miz, and I can't get caught up into any of those builds because they're trying to do two things at once, much like the Becky Lynch uh, feud that they have, feuds that they have going on. But at the end of the day, who picks up the victory here? Obviously, Roman Reigns is picking up the victory here. He will pull out the victory and. I would love to see Elias win because he needs a huge win himself. But at the end of the day, the big dog is putting off the victory. Next up, we have The Miz versus Shane McMahon in the steel cage match. I am sick to death of this feud. Also, I can't get into it as well. Shane McMahon is doing different things with different people. Can't get interested in it. But it should be a decent match. We got the steel cage stipulation on it. So I am looking forward to it. At the end of the day, The Miz will pick up the victory here. And this will be the end of this feud. Back in my day as a youth, the steel cage match used to be the feud ender. That's just my take on it. So this is going to be the end of this feud. The Miz will pick up the win. Hopefully we don't see Shane McMahon back in the ring anymore. 
Moving on to the United States Championship match, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. I enjoyed the storyline that they have going on with Samoa Joe and Dominic. Uh, I think it's a very good way to go. And looking at this view, Rey Mysterio picked up the win at WrestleMania, and I have Samoa Joe picking up the victory here. So, and I expect it to be a phenomenal match, by the way. So, moving on, we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line. Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos. And this is going to be on the kickoff show. And I'm just in there like, why are the Usos getting a tag team title shot, man? Like, can it be a SmackDown team that gets a shot at the champs the very first time? Look, I'm not going to complain about good wrestling being on a pay-per-view. I said that before. But I will complain in the fact that, man... Why is this on a kickoff show? And why are the Usos the one getting the first tag team title shots? It's going to be a phenomenal match, but the the result is obvious here. Daniel Bryan and Rowan picked up the victory here. And looking at moving on, the women's tag team championship match, the Iconics versus Asuka and Kyrie Sane. I have no interest in either of these teams. The Iconics have gone down to nothing. So, looking at this match, Asuka and Kairosane are winning here. They just got the new tag team name. They're trying to build them up. I don't have interest in them, but they're trying to build them up. They're going to pick up the win here. Hopefully, they actually do something with them after they pick up the victory here. So, moving on to the final match, Tony Nese versus Arya Davari. This is going to be a phenomenal match. Arya Davari earned this title shot by beating Oni Larkin. Excuse me. So, at the end of the day, if Tony Nese, had he not won those titles, won that title, excuse me, just last month, I would pick Davari, but Tony Nese will pick up the victory here. So, that is the matches for Money in the Bank. Let me know your thoughts. What do you think about Money in the Bank going forward? Who do you have winning? Let me know all of your thoughts at 2SweetPod and at OMG Corey B on Twitter.